Welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast. My name is Phil Crimmins. Today's podcast, we're going to cover the comments and questions that came in this week as per usual, as per usual but first some updates about the course and our progress. So regarding the vocab boost lessons in the intermediate course that I've been talking about, uh, the reason they're not out yet is because we've run into even more delays on the intermediate course stories. And so uh, we want to get those done because we've been working on those for so long. Uh, just, you know, little little things you keep discovering, little uh, areas where it's like, oop, this was, you know, recorded incorrectly or there was a problem with the text that needs to be re-recorded. And so there's just some of those things going on. And then the uh, text tracking is on its way. So hopefully that'll be done very soon. I know I've been saying that for a while. <laughs> we just keep running into two delays with it. But uh you know, once that's finished, then the uh, vocab boost lessons will soon be finished after that, at which point our assistant will be able to help us finish creating level 58, which will be the final level of the intermediate course and cover everything through the HSK3. Now, I've been focusing most of my time on finishing out the order in through the advanced course. So uh, yesterday, I just finished putting together a preliminary order through character number 2,500. So we're now almost to 1,000 more characters on top of what is already published uh, in through the intermediate course, which is 1,530 characters. So we're doing well. Uh, we're going through, and there's 514 characters to go until we've covered all the characters in all the vocab through the HSKs 1 through 9. Now, we'll probably add more characters after that because just because the uh, HSK covers all these characters doesn't mean there aren't other characters that are worth learning. However, we'll probably maybe cap it at 100 extra characters or, or 250 or so. Basically, we're going to add in the most frequent 100 characters apart from the HSK. So uh, that way you're not, you know, the HSK isn't just like everything that could possibly be known about Chinese. And when I'm getting to this level, it's very interesting sort of seeing the vocab that gets unlocked and, uh, you know, what kind of detail you're getting into. It really is advanced stuff because many of the words that you're unlocking are very situational. It's like this is a word that applies in just a very few number of situations. And so it's not, uh, you know, they're not as essential as they would, as they are, but as they would be otherwise. But as I've mentioned many times before, the reason you want to know these characters is because infrequent words come up all the time. They just don't come up repeatedly. So when you're reading any bit of text, you're going to see word combinations that you've never seen before, especially if you're reading something, say, uh, you're reading the news, which is always going to be somewhat situational. It's going to be like, there was a flood in Zhengzhou, or there was uh, a COVID outbreak in Nanjing from the airport, or there was uh, a meeting between uh, U.S. diplomats and Chinese diplomats in Tianjin. Uh, these are all relatively recent news events. And each of them is going to have vocabulary in them that are directly related to the uh, situational affairs of the moment. However, the vast majority of those words contain characters from the top 3,000. So even though it's a combination you may not have seen before and that you won't see again for ages, it's still easy enough to understand when you have the characters understood and you have the surrounding context of the article understood. And so it's this kind of cool thing that happens when you reach a certain advanced level where it doesn't matter that you haven't studied the word 
in like you know an academic setting and gone i've learned this word properly through the mandarin blueprint method because your foundational knowledge is so strong that you just make the connections yourself it's really a beautiful thing when you get there which actually relates to something else that i wanted to uh chat with you guys about which was a recent conversation that we had with rebecca and christine uh so they both live in new zealand and they're study buddies and uh so both luke and i had a chat with them uh, I guess it was about a week and a half ago now, and it was really interesting. We're going to publish it soon, but the one takeaway that I wanted to share with you here is that there's definitely a point in the intermediate course. It's hard to say exactly where, but there's a point in the intermediate course where keeping up with the sentences can start to get a little bit overwhelming because you learn new words or new characters, and that unlocks more and more new words the further you get into the course because the amount of characters you have to match things up with is more. So if you're at character number 100, the analysis we'll do is how can character number 100 combine with characters number 1 through 99 to create high-frequency words? And that's not so many because it's only 99 characters and it's only focusing on the top 1,000 words. So it's only going to unlock one or two but when you get into the intermediate course, say you're at character number, uh, you know, 1200, then we're saying, what are the words you can create between characters number one and 1199? And how many words does that unlock in the top 4000, right? So there's just a lot more words that can be unlocked. And this is that intermediate plateau where there's just a lot of vocabulary that you got to pick up on. And at some point, the sentences, and of course, there's also the, it's not even just the words, it's the words and all of their different usages, which is, means there needs to be at least one sentence per usage. And so it can start to get uh, overwhelming at some point. Now, I definitely don't want to discourage people from feeling like they're reading loads of sentences in Anki, because the, the meta effect of doing such a thing is that you end up getting a very solid grammar foundation. Your grammar foundation, and it's like, it's no one sentence makes you feel it, but like having all those sentences really makes a huge difference. Uh, The people I know who've gone through all of the intermediate course sentences who we've talked to all say that their sense of grammar and their ability to read has gotten really good, but they also all say that there were points where it felt like, dang, there are so many sentences to do. So here's the takeaway that we had from this conversation with Christine and Rebecca, which is that at some point, sentences from new vocab in the Mandarin Blueprint Method, somewhere in the intermediate course, should start to become reference and optional. Now, exactly when this is, uh, we may have to decide. We might want to pick a point. Maybe it's level 50 or something. But, uh, At some point, you want to start looking at them as like, hey, the real key here is to get your characters going. Keep getting to that 3,000 point, especially once the upper intermediate course and the advanced course are out. The key is just to try to get those uh, characters under your belt. And then going back through the Mandarin Blueprint materials and reading through like especially the long form content and you know maybe there's a particular word that you want to make sure that you have down uh, for the hsk it's like an hsk word and you still don't quite get it well you can reference the mandarin blueprint sentence for it and be sure it's comprehensible for you but there's definitely a point where you've gotten the grammar understanding under your belt like that's there it's totally you know 
you've had enough sentences to build up your grammar foundation, but you're not yet to the point of having all the characters you need. And wherever that point is, which is a bit subjective, that's the point where you really want to sprint on the characters and get those under your belt. Now, uh, so we'll figure out exactly when this is, but the point is that's why I'm so focused now on finishing the character order, because if we can finish the character order, uh, you know, by Black Friday, which is our goal, then uh, you guys are going to be in great shape to get to that advanced level of Mandarin that you need. And then you can go back to the other materials and it can be much more reference-based. You know, you can be like, let me read this article. Let me look at the sentence for this particular word. And it'll still be highly valuable to you, but it'll be coming from a place of your character foundation being solidified. So it's kind of this interesting thing where the process of growing into your Mandarin understanding is, uh, it's, it goes through these phases where different things are important. So obviously at the very beginning, pronunciation and character components and characters are the most important. Then learning words are really important. And then you go into this long phase of sentences and grammar being super important. And it's not that it doesn't remain important. It's just that you reach a peak of grammar being important. And then interestingly enough, characters start to become the most important thing again, uh, after having been, you know, always important, but maybe not the sole focus of getting your, uh, foundational knowledge down, but it, it definitely comes back. And then of course, once you've gotten your characters sorted out through the top 3000, then it becomes read, 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 listen, 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 and then activate, activate as much as you can by speaking and writing. So, um, it's a beautiful thing. I love it. I love doing this job. It's such a great thing. And you guys are the best possible uh, group of people on the course ever. And so it's a pleasure for us to do these podcasts and to communicate with you all throughout the week. I mean, like, it's just these, you know, it's important to spend some time to be grateful for what you have if you, you know, are in a good situation. And Mandarin Blueprint is in this great situation where we have such excellent uh you know, members and, and people who are communicating with each other and being study buddies and um, talking to us and giving us great stuff to talk about on the podcast and in our Loom videos and to make new course content. So uh, I love all of you. You're the greatest ever. So let's get into some of the questions and comments for this week's podcast. First up, we have Chris Lewis on Make a Movie for Duh. Uh And the comment is actually uh, not too related to that particular uh, character. So let's just get into it. He says, just wanted to make two points here that I think separates this course from any that I've ever taken online over the years and a fantastic model. One, your team is incredibly organized, both mentally and technologically to save links slash bookmarks to all that is re-asked. You must get the same questions over and over again as people move through the course. With what I can see, with ease, you are quickly able to answer our questions with patience and kindness. Two, I love hearing my name in the podcast. That is special for me. Although our Mandarin is not as good as yours yet, it shows the willingness and courage to include our comments and hopefully help others to further their creativity. I know I gain from others' comments, and sometimes I just can't think of a living link. It's one of the best business models I've seen. You guys are very humble, humble another great strength. Yeah, I'm super humble. I'm the humblest. I'm the most humble person that's ever existed. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, thanks so much, Chris. That's a very, um, it's very nice of you to say. I, I do think that, you know, a lot of it just comes out of necessity. You know, you think of, 
you know, we're a small uh, business. We've had a so, sort of innovative idea, but it's very, you know, tricky to navigate the waters of a, um, you know, online landscape. But it's the kind of thing where, you know, if you have something like, okay, we have, we get a lot of questions, but we, you know, can't necessarily afford at various points to hire a huge customer service team. So we need to find ways of being more efficient. And so it was like, oh, well, you know, the technologies that are available today are incredible. It's like, you know, Loom is just this quick video maker. Like you just sort of highlight somebody's, um, a part of your screen where somebody has left a comment and you answer that comment and you just click end recording and it just opens up a web page to an already uploading video that you can then share the link to and it's so efficient and then we just keep them uh organize them by faq and just uh have a big sort of warehouse of questions and then you know i do have uh bigger plans for those faq questions as time goes on but essentially it saves us a lot of time and all that exists because somebody made another awesome online uh you know sort of useful tool and it's one of those things where i just we couldn't even do this five years ago. Uh, and the new technologies that are coming out all the time, you know, I know that the world is facing a lot of problems uh, and that, you know, not everything is uh, very rosy. But when you're in the position that we're in, it's just like you see a lot of the good that's happening in the world today. And, uh, you know, it's always a mix and we always have to be keeping uh, vigilant. But I also think it's important to recognize when things are, you know, sometimes getting better in certain, you know, sometimes niche arenas. But the fact that uh, two guys like Luke and I can uh, make an online course relatively cheaply um, is, it just means that the opportunities for people are expanding. And there's opportunities for people to uh, make something of themselves without necessarily having to uh, get involved in just massive uh, corporate entities or or the government or whatever. I mean, obviously everything touches those those areas, and you know uh, the different things that we do definitely have to do things like use internet, and then you know that internet company's huge or whatever. But still, though, it's uh, it's really cool, and we're very uh, excited to have this opportunity. And yeah, thanks so much, Chris. We really appreciate it. Next, we have Annette by email. She says, hello, Phil and Luke. I just bought the lifelong membership as this is the best bang for the buck. I do clearly see that compared to the other offers and having seen what else there is, uh, what else is out there online and the costs and knowing what you are working on getting courses to the highest proficiency, proficiency levels too. Where there is a will, there's a way and I decide to find the money. I figure if this is what I can do enjoy doing for years to come and eventually use when visiting China, then it justifies dipping into my personal savings to make retirement so much better and something additional to the RVing to look forward to. I've chosen to look at it as an investment in securing an interesting retirement. Scientists say to keep the mind active and learning a new language is one of the best ways to do so. I'm excited to deep dive into this project. I've been using the free trial and was blown away by the thoroughness of your lessons, right down to having the Anki card set up to meticulously follow the videos. You really do make it easy for students. I did the pronunciation course first. Makes sense to do it up front. Same as I did when I learned French, Italian, and Russian, so no surprise, it's what you do first. These pronunciation cards will be something I will go back to over and over again. Pronunciation is not learned overnight. My biggest issue listening is the T versus G, but I found in many, not all cases, the T 
has a longer, more buzzing sound, and I was finally able to hear the nasal sounds in the ing, ong words that I couldn't in the videos. I had to laugh at hearing the bird initiating the fourth tone in D2. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, one side note on pronunciation. Growing up bilingual with Danish and German, lived in Denmark but spoke German at home and when visiting family in Germany, I went to the German school in Copenhagen. It never occurred to me that certain consonants and vowels were difficult to pronounce until I went to a regular Danish high school. The German school at the time did not have a high school. There I witnessed my fellow classmates having such a hard time in German lessons with the open A. Danish uses uses a closed A or a mishmash, mishmash of closed and open. The ability to pronounce SH sounds and a sharp Z. Yeah, so these are different German sounds. That was my first eye-opener to appreciate the adage that the more languages you know, the easier it is to learn another one, which is true. Russian has a variety of S to Z sounds, and I find I hear that with Chinese too. I wonder why you were referring to problem sounds. I wondered why you were referring to problem sounds in the videos and realized after watching most of them that you refer to strictly unilingual English speakers. Perhaps labeling them as problems might set some people up to look at things as really difficult rather than if it were a challenge if you ever revise the videos. I have the impression you have members from all over the world speaking a multitude of languages. Yeah, and just I'll comment on that before I finish the reading the email. Um, you know, it's kind of one of those things where if if we were to suppose we were to try to make it work for every language, um, you know, that would be kind of a huge amount of work for something that is, you know, for the most part, many of our client base at least know English, even if it's not their native language. There's also a little bit of what do we know? I mean, both Luke and I are bilingual. We know Chinese and English. And so Chinese is our second language. And we, so we can't really comment too much on other languages. It's not our area of expertise. So certainly we should, we could make it clear that this is based on English to Chinese. I mean, to some degree that's kind of implied considering the lessons are in English, but uh, nonetheless though, uh, we're, when we do say these are problem initials, we're saying they're problem initials from the perspective of a native English speaker. Uh, just kind of how like saying the, um, you know, uh, tu, tu, those are considered problem vowels, problem finals, tu, 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 if you're an English speaker. But if you're French or German, those sounds uh, exist in French and German. So like that's not so hard in that case, or at least the U sound does. Um, continuing with the email, she says, I'm working my way through the first lessons, trying to follow the the imagery you suggest, although tweaking them a bit because I do not like gory as in the razor blade or syringe, too many traumatic memories related to my health, and was happy to have found comments slash podcasts that deal with people who have varying degrees of difficulty imagining the visuals. It's the details that give me a bit of an issue. I have some trouble seeing the facial expressions. I try to exaggerate the movements of the actors to express the emotions instead. I just have to work at it and am encouraged having read slash listened to the comments and podcasts. Also, the podcast with Rebecca Webel, where she said she had started with Duolingo, gives me encouragement, as this is how I started too, but got a little tired of the repetitiveness and restrictive, sometimes awkward English translations you have to put in, not to mention the same sentences over and over and over. I look forward to getting to a level where I can read the chairman's bow being a bit of a news junkie. I would also like like it if your company gets an agreement with Do Chinese as you talk about it in a podcast or a comment. 
I have looked around that website too. I'll be aiming for the ultimate goal of watching TV shows without caption and the ability to communicate my thoughts freely in Chinese and understand responses. Looking forward to years of fun, Annette from Annette. So great. Uh, this is uh, an excellent attitude moving in. I like the ending there because, of course, it is years of fun. It's not like, you know, learning Chinese, you know, learning Chinese is like getting married, right? It's like you're going to be with this language for the rest of your life. You're going to have contact with this language for the rest of your life. Um, and so you might as well enjoy the ride because it's never, you know, there there's never really a moment that you know that you've become fluent or literate. It's kind of something that works its way through. And eventually you go, okay, I, I, I've reached it somehow, but like it wasn't a, um, a finish line as it were. But uh, you've got a great attitude going in. Chairman's Bao's awesome. Do Chinese is awesome. Maybe we can find ways to work with them in the future. I think that there's a, a lot of possibility there. Uh, Duolingo, yeah, it's a, Duolingo is a lot of people's starting point. And it's not a bad starting point, but it's certainly not comprehensive enough to continue with. It's not like you can use Duolingo from scratch and get to absolute fluency, but it can give you a bit of a, a little jump start. We've had a lot of people say, oh, I came from Duolingo, so we're grateful to Duolingo. That's a good thing that they uh, have a Chinese section because it sends a lot of people our way. Um, and uh, yeah, excellent stuff. And by the way, you mentioned Chinese TV uh, without captions. You'll never get it without Chinese captions because one interesting thing about um, China is that because of all the different dialects, pretty much TV pretty much always has the Chinese written captions. I mean, of course, if you're learning Chinese, having Chinese captions just makes it all the better because you're watching and reading at the same time. But it's because there are so many different dialects. So, like, take, for example, in Fujian province. That's one of the, the, the um, dialects in Fujian are very different from Mandarin. Um, Fujian is in the southeast. It's kind of like... Uh, across the strait from Taiwan. So if you imagine a map of China and you can imagine where Taiwan is, uh, Fujian is right across the strait there. And the dialect that many people speak there, they also, for the most part, speak Mandarin because pretty much everybody does. But it's so different from Mandarin to here that, uh, you know, if you only knew the Kujia is the name of uh, one of the dialects there. If you only knew Kujia, then, you know, listening to Mandarin wouldn't be comprehensible to you. But if you can, the, the written language is still shared. So the, that's amazing in a way. It's like the written language uh, can be used for such different spoken languages. And so if you're watching, you know, some Chinese TV show that was recorded in Mandarin uh, and you're in Fujian, you can still understand it because you can still read the captions. So essentially all Chinese uh, TV shows and movies have captions hard coded into the uh, the movie itself or the TV show itself. So luckily, though, they don't have English hard coded into it, so you won't have to wor worry about relying on a uh, language you already know. Next, we have a comment from Ann Giles on make a movie for teat. Asked a teacher for help with both meanings. How's this? 我想提到你提着的公文包. So this is great. She uses both forms of T to illustrate the different usages of T as a verb. So T can mean to bring up, like bring up a topic, and it can also literally mean T as in 
pick up something and hold it to your side. You'll notice it has the finger component in it. So it's like kind of gives you that. That's what you do. You hold something at your side and that's what you do with a briefcase. A briefcase is perfect for that because you don't put a briefcase on your shoulder. You don't put a briefcase on your back. You, you tee a briefcase. So she says, 我想提到你提着的公文包. And so the first one is I want to bring up the suitcase that or the briefcase that you're carrying and why would you do that well you know maybe and i pointed this out to ann like maybe you're at an office environment and somebody is carrying a uh briefcase in and on the briefcase they have a bunch of stickers on it and some of the things on it are not safe for work you know i don't know there's like a naked lady on it or something and so you need to bring this up to the person you need to bring up the briefcase they're carrying so it's bring up and carry. Those are the two versions of T. And the reason you need to bring it up is because there's something on it that they shouldn't have. So you need to bring it up as a topic of conversation. Because at first when you read it, it's like, why would you need to bring up as a topic of conversation someone's briefcase? And so it's like make a little mnemonic and come up with, well, there could be a reason. Imagine that they're, uh, you know, it's um, or maybe it's all tattered to give a little bit less of a, a racy example. It's just, oh, you, you shouldn't have such a tattered briefcase in, in the office. We're professionals after all. So uh, that's, a, that's a good way of coming up with the differences in, in usages there from Anne. Next, we have Annette on Make a Movie for Wu, which means noon, like Shang Wu, before noon, Dong Wu, right in the middle of noon, and Xia Wu, afternoon. Okay. Would this work? I previously had the plus sign as a giant plus sign, but I hear that you can adjust it somewhat to fit the movie. I'm still trying to figure out the movies. In this case, the famous scene from High Noon is the template. Worf from Star Trek sees the loser Donald Duck entering the living room of my childhood home carrying an item shaped like a metal plus. Donald Duck has a temper and immediately challenges Worf to a duel. Worf thinks this is ridiculous. He reluctantly agrees to the high noon challenge, saying he will only use his batleth against Donald Duck's metal plus. Metal against metal. The clock starts ticking toward noon. No sooner has the clock chimed noon and Donald Duck finds himself balancing on top of the metal plus having been defeated by Worf. So this is a great scene overall. There's a lot of elements that are very sensual. You've got the sound of the ticking clock. You've got it chiming at noon. That's very good for the meaning. There's only one minor thing that I would say could be confusing. Now, first of all, when I say could be confusing, I mean, it may not be. You may have no trouble remembering the scene and no problems whatsoever. But since we're early in the course at this point, it's worth considering, you know, being a little bit hypercritical in order to make sure that you get the basics of how this works. So the one issue is the batleth. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but Worf is carrying a batleth to do his high noon battle against Donald Duck, but that batleth doesn't represent anything as far as I can tell. Um, you know, we've got the giant plus is the what Donald Duck is holding. Donald Duck himself is the loser component at the top. And uh, Worf is the actor, so Worf is supposed to be there. The living room of the childhood home, that's the final, because there is no final. So that gives you, uh, and living room gives you third tone. So we know ooh, we know um, that, and we know the components, and we know the meaning because of clock striking noon, and there being a duel at noon. So that's all there. The only thing that is representative of nothing is that batleth. And so if you were trying to remember your movie, like you couldn't, 
you got to your Anki card in a couple of weeks and, you know, noon pinion comes up and it says, all right, write this character. You might remember the Batleth and think, what was that Batleth representing? And the fact that, you know, you don't, it doesn't represent anything could be confusing. Now, like I said before, it may not be because sometimes, you know, you, the scene is so good that the extra prop didn't matter and it didn't confuse you. But it's just one of those things that if you were to, being strict about it, you'd say, well, the Batleth doesn't represent any element of this character, should so should therefore be removed. Um, but still, though, great scene overall. You're definitely getting the uh, the broad strokes of the me- method for sure. Next, we have Jeff Johnson on Make a Movie for Wang, which is the character for King. Guo Wang is the you know full word for King, but Wang by itself is it's also a very common last name. This was a fun one for me. I chose to have the scene be a King's coronation. Further, as a special guest, I have a friend named Wang. His driving is infamous among our friend group. Seriously, don't get in the car. So it not only made sense with his name, but it gave an extra reason for the crowd to cheer extra loud at the end. Kings did not drive themselves after all. (laughs) See, I love that personal connection. You know somebody who's bad at driving. They happen to be named Wong, which is the character of the, the pronunciation of this character. And then you make a connection to, yeah, kings don't drive themselves, of course. And so everybody would celebrate that. It's hilarious. So that's a, that's the type of stuff you're definitely going to always remember. So great stuff there from Jeff. Next, we have a comment from Chris Jensen on Make a Movie for Fei, which is the character for Fly or To Fly. When doing my Anki, I realized I didn't recognize the icicle component of this character. It looks quite different. I'm sure I'll remember going forward, but I found it a bit odd. Yeah, you're right to notice that the way that the icicle component, it's, you know, it's flipped around and it's on the other side. And it kind of looks like little wings uh, in this case. But the thing is, it doesn't come up like this. Uh... You know, very often at all. Like there are other minor incidences of it in the advanced course, but it essentially doesn't come up again for ages. And so, do you make another prop for it when it's really just the same prop flipped? Uh, well, you know, it's like it's uh, it's up to you. You could, um, but it's probably unnecessary, especially because Faye is such a distinctive-looking character. I don't think that you'll have much trouble with that. And so, we didn't uh, decide to make you think of a new prop just for one character in this case so uh that's what we came up for there so what you can do as a technique if you are if you are worried about remembering it is just to uh say to yourself okay uh how about i make the icicles or the ice skates look different in some way maybe they're flipped around in some way or something is added to them to remind me okay they're written differently maybe the positioning uh with the um other component could work well for you there Paulette J on New Vocabulary Unlocked for Rinsh. She says, I speak French and it uses different verbs for knowing information versus knowing a person. So it was helpful for me to mentally link Rinsh to the verb. Uh, and I'm, <laughs> I, it's, a, it's a French word here that I'm not going to try to pronounce, but because uh, I'm sure that I'm totally off. And she says, I think Spanish has the same verb distinction. And yeah, if your native language has this type of distinction, because, you know, one of the problems with translation in general is that languages all have sort of different distinctions that they draw. So there are areas where English is more specific and will draw distinctions where Chinese doesn't. And then there are areas where the opposite is true. And this is one. But, you know, 
that could be like how much overlap there is. It's not like you know French and English are completely overlapped and they have the, like all the same distinctions. Of course not. So there are going to be moments where Chinese and French have the same distinctions and English doesn't. So yeah, totally use your native languages if you happen to know more than uh, just uh, English, which is probably a lot of you. So yeah, boo boo on level thirteen complete. Oh, finally I'm able to complete level thirteen. It was super awesome that I could read out all the sentences and understand every one of them. I am just thrilled and excited to move on. Thank you, Phil and Luke, for your awesome teaching and guidance. Don't know how I could have gone this far without you. Well, you know, you're doing a great job to get through level 13. Level 13 is, of course, the first level with sentences. And you understood all of them. That's excellent work. Excellent stuff. I'm so uh, happy for you. And, hey, you're the one walking the path. You know, we might have mapped out a path for you. But, (laughs) you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. You're doing a great job uh, getting this far, so fantastic. Cassie Moen on New Vocabulary Unlocked for Jinian. I have intermediate level Korean literacy, and so the first thing that pops out at me when I consider these two characters is related Korean sounds and words. Jin is one of the way, uh, is, is one way to say real or true in Korean, which is interesting enough because Jun in Chinese, uh, so... You know, there seems to be a bit of a phonetic connection there. And then one of the Korean words for year is derived from the exact same character as in Mandarin. Interesting. But is pronounced nyon rather than nian. So the only real year we have is the current one we're in. The rest are just fictions of the past or present. Or I guess past or future. A mnemonic for the Mandarin by way of Korean. See, like, I love this. We've got people making connections from French in this episode, people making connections from Korean, and so it just goes to show learning multiple languages can be very helpful uh, in that. You know, we had the the German and Danish connection earlier in this episode. This is an episode of laddering. So laddering is when you use your second or third languages to learn a further language. And so if I, you know, move on to learning Spanish, which will probably be the next the language I try to learn because um, I may be moving back to the United States next year. And so if I do, then I will want to learn Spanish because this, you know, second most spoken language is language in the country. So uh, when I do that, I will for sure connect Spanish to Chinese. And that might seem wild considering that Spanish has more of a connection to English, but it helps you maintain your connection to your second language. So it's a good thing to do. Next, we have Chris Park on Simple Final U. Thanks for A, asking the questions, and B, answering them. I had exactly the same questions, and pleased to find the answers already posted. Great course and great feedback. I really just left this comment in the podcast to remind people that, like, if you have a question and you do, you do not see it answered below, please ask, because it's exactly for this reason. It's, it's you leave a, a question, we answer it, and it's there existing in the comments section for future people. You're paying it forward, and uh, so... Please don't hesitate to ask any questions. We're more than happy to go through them. Karma Sen- Senge on Make a Movie for Ren. Do you think I need to make a movie really about this character if I've known the meaning and pronunciation for years? I did all the rest, scene, props, actor, etc. So I have the stuff paid out for future characters, but I really don't think I need a movie for this one. Yeah, sure. That's the that's what we tell people. We say if you know for sure a character and you know the pronunciation, you know the tone, and you know the components and what it means, and there's no doubt in your mind about any of those, then just go ahead and skip the make a movie lesson because you don't need it and you can you don't have to unsuspend the Yankee card either. So that way you can, you know, just be 
saving yourself some time, right? Not everybody is coming in here with uh, Chinese starting from absolute scratch. So if you're one of those people who's in that situation, then don't worry about it, just move on. But you're right to make sure you have the props and actor and sets and all that uh, as they will pay off in future characters. But yeah, no need. Cassie Moen on new vocabulary unlocked for shuohua and dianhua. It is really fun to notice the similarity between Korean and Mandarin in some of these initial vocab words. The Korean for a phone or a telephone call is pronounced jonghua. Uh, I'm sure that I'm not pronouncing that correctly, but where jonggi means electricity in Korean, so different sound in the Mandarin, but same morpheme meaning. And the hua deriving from the same character, hua, and having a very similar pronunciation as the Mandarin. Fun to piece some of these things together and very useful for mnemonics as I learn Mandarin moving forward. And so, yeah, this is uh, another great example. If you have, you know, a language under your belt that has some kind of connections, then all of these are possible connections. To some degree, mnemonic learning is could be simplified as just saying mnemonic learning is the art of connecting your previously known facts about the world to new facts. And so if you happen to know Korean, then the connections that you'll have to Mandarin are more and more. And when I learn Spanish someday from Mandarin, there will be some sounds that sound a little bit like a Mandarin word, and I can make connections there. So excellent stuff. It's awesome, awesome content this week. Chris Lewis on Pai Jiao in context. In this sentence, I suggest combining your and self into the word. Taking a picture of yourself is called pai in Chinese and selfie in English. Yep, self-picture. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's a very uh, straightforward word in that sense. Chris Lewis on Zhao Xiangji in context. I cannot remember how many lessons ago it was said, but we were told, again, that we will notice when a character, for example, yi tai, is a measure word and not some random character. Your lessons are sinking in. Of course, when I looked it up in Pleco, it said all of the following. For certain machinery, apparatus, instruments, a typewriter, computer, tractor, a stage performance, a modern drama, and a song and dance. Interesting combination of things. Yeah, so the reason we point out that measure words, you don't need to put too much effort into trying to learn them, is because the grammatical structure of a measure word is very simple to understand. The way you learn measure words is you just learn Chinese characters because the grammatical structure is straightforward. One, they're pretty much always one character. Like There might be some exception to this, but for the most part, measure words are always one character. And so what that means is that you have a very straightforward structure. Number, like e or uh, liang for two, or san, and then measure word, and then noun, right? So number plus measure word plus noun. So obviously at the beginning you learn ge, so like yigeren, one person, sangeren, three people, right? But you don't necessarily at that point um, know all these other measure words, you don't know all these other measure words, but you can see that same structure later with a different measure word like e like yi tai zhao xiang ji, yi tai zhao xiang ji, meaning one camera, right? And that, once you have that, you see that, you go, well, a zhao xiang ji is a noun, and clearly we have a number here, and then we have a character in between. Well, that probably is the measure word. And then you read, 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 and you see this pattern over and over and over and over and over, and then the next thing you know, you just recognize when there's a measure word. And then you uh, start to just 
associate them and then you have this thing where you're speaking and you use the right measure word for something and you're like how did i do that well you did it because you uh, saw the pattern and your language module turned on so it's good stuff Robert on Zhangde in context. He says, Hi Luke, thanks for the real life use and description about Zhangde. At this stage, phase four beginning, I'm starting to try and get the memory working better with words. HMM for characters, but now the challenge is words. What I found here is that your description of real life use of the words gives a nice living picture of its use. I find it easier to write the lived experience in my Anki deck when I have you explaining it, it like you did here. Thanks. My feedback is I find the videos like this in the vocab and context format where you give your real China experience are excellent for getting the memory loaded into the brain. Awesome. And uh, to Robert, I would just say that if you're in phase four now, you may have already been past phase two before we updated our um, uh, content to focus on the living links side of the course. So a living link is the type of thing you do to remember an individual Chinese word of two or more characters. And we give a bunch of great examples of how to do that. We have a vocab mnemonics cheat sheet that you can download from the beginning of level seven, eight, nine, or 10. Uh, the, the first lesson is it is a conceptual thing about how to remember words. But of course, you're at a point too where learning through context can help a lot as well. So uh, thanks for the feedback, and if you want to check out any of those, just head back to Phase 2 and uh, check out any of the new Vocabulary Unlocked lessons. We updated them a few months ago, so uh, you might want to check those out if you haven't already. Rick Engeland on Make a Movie on, sorry, Vocab Unlocked from Paul Paul Bu. He says, and I found Paul Bu Zi, which is not a high-frequency word, but easy to learn. Right, so if you were to guess, Paul Bu means run. And zi means machine. So a run machine, well, that's a treadmill. So it's pretty easy to learn. There are a lot of things like that in Chinese. So uh, Rick is right to point that out. Kairi Shikari on vocab unlocked from li, uh, which is meaning ceremony. He says, in what kind of situations would you use li bai tian rather than something like xing qi ri or zhou ri? They all mean Sunday, right? They're just three different ways of saying Sunday. Li bai tian, li bai means to worship, right? So the uh, li bai tian is kind of more based on the idea of, you know, Sunday worship. It's a bit, maybe it's a bit of a Western idea to some degree, integrating its way into Chinese. Um, however, it's just, you know, really they all mean the same thing. You can say, you can say all of them. Li bai tian will sound a little bit more formal, but you know, it's not wrong, people will understand you, and uh, they won't think it's weird. So essentially, that's the situation. Uh, I would say all three of them are the same. There's not too much of a difference. Chris Lewis on Pai Zhao in context. According to Pleco, these two things both look the same. Is there much of a difference? Pai Zhao and Pai Zhao Pian. Really, they're the same. Uh, the, the Pai Zhao is just a abbreviation for Pai Zhao Pian. So Zhao Pian is an actual picture so you're saying you're taking pictures, and then that just gets abbreviated to um, pai zhao. You know, pian is any kind of like thin thing, like a like yi pian mian bao is a slice of toast or a slice of a, a picture, like a Kodak picture you can imagine, and uh, or a Polaroid picture. And so you can, that's a pian, that type of object. And so a zhao pian is the pian that is of something that got illuminated, something that got, um, uh, you know, it, it jowled is the, is the way to think of it. And that's so you pai jiao pian or just pai jiao. 
either way. George J on Ziji in context. He says a quick question. 我早上自己吃饭，下午和儿子吃饭。Versus 我早上一个人吃饭，下午和儿子吃饭。Would sentence two also be correct? Would there be any difference in meaning or emphasis in this context? I've always seen "igeren" as meaning alone slash by myself, and "zizi" as by myself slash without anyone's help. Is that about right? And yes, exactly. You pretty much nailed it. So if I'm saying "wo zao shang igeren chi fan," the point that I'm emphasizing is that I was by myself. I was one person igeren.、Um, but then the the other one "wo zao shang." 自己吃饭、uh, is like emphasizing that I did it without anybody's help, you know, and so I did it in that way, you know.、Um, and it's not that you know there's some overlap, of course. There's always the you know sense that you could you could say it that way, but it's better if you want to emphasize you're alone to say 一个人 you know, it's pretty easy to think of too. It's just like I one person eat food, <laughs> so it's very. Uh, you know, Chinese can sometimes sound caveman, caveman like when you're、uh, directly translating it. Gavin Meekin on Nuren in context. Following on from the thread above regarding 我是个好女人 if omitting the e is common versus so like basically 我是一个好女人 versus 我是个好女人 if omitting the e is common, what about omitting 一个 altogether? Does the meaning change if I were just to say? 我是好女人 and so yes, and the so if I read 我是好女人 it's like you're saying a proper noun. I am good woman, you know. I am the good woman, right? It kind of feels like you're saying like maybe it was a maybe there's a, a superhero called Good Woman, and, and so that's what you're you're saying there. But once you add in 一个 you're measuring it, and that's kind of like saying a. I am a. Good woman. This is going to sound weird if anybody takes this, <laughs> cuts this podcast out of context. But I am a good woman. Is the ego the ego represents when like how we say a in、uh, in English? So that's kind of the distinction you'd make there. If you take out the ego, it just sounds like you're saying some proper noun in that way. Nice. These are great questions this week. I love it. Next, we have the vocab living links for this week, and these are the connections that people are making to individual vocab words of two or more characters to something in their memory, some kind of mnemonic connection.、Uh, it could be a sound, it could be、uh, a connection to the definition of the word, and、uh, many of the other things. As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, the living links we cover how to do living links in phase two of the course, which is. Starting from level seven through level twelve, and all of the new vocab unlocked lessons there have videos we released a few months ago that are really getting into the details of this. So essentially, we're coming up with ideas to connect to these different words. So first, we have Hajna on vocab unlocked from Hui, Hui Lai, and Hui Chu, and she just says back to the future. So Hui Lai, Hui Chu just means return back or come back, and so、uh, or go back, and so yeah, it's.、Um, Back to the Future is a perfect connection there, and I've always thought Back to the Future is such a, a an interesting title for、uh, the movie because, of course, they go back to the past in the movie, but for some reason they say Back to the Future,、uh, and so that is another little layer of it that can make it interesting. Next, we have Hajna again on vocab unlocked from In Inway, and he, she says Wizard of Oz, 
because the wonderful things he does. So yeah, of course, that's a, a good connection too, because because is such a abstract concept that if you can connect it to something like a song they sing in The Wizard of Oz, that's perfect. Jason Pond on Vocab Unlocked from E, which has a bunch of different words. And so he looks at some of these and he says, EY, Google Image Search, Unexpected Pregnancy. I'm sure you could find some there because that's an EY. EY is something that happened outside of what you meant to happen. So E means meaning, Y means outside. So EY is like an accident or a mishap or an unexpected thing to ha- that happens. Next he says, 注意到, 注意到. So 注意 means to notice something or pay attention to something. And 注意到 means that you successfully noticed something. And so he says, picture of someone noticing something at a bar, and he particularly landed on Ryan Gosling at the bar in Crazy Stupid Love, which is a movie I haven't seen personally, but it's the perfect type of connection if you remember uh, a scene from a movie. So excellent stuff there from Jason. Claire Murphy on Vocab Unlocked from Yo, Yo Ren, Yo, Yo, Yo Diar, Hai Yo, Yo Da, Yo Yong. And she says, a teenager in the UK in the 80s, it has to be Yazoo and Only You or the Flying Pickets version. So that one, totally over my head. Don't have any connections to those personally, but that's why I love this course because Claire, clearly from the UK uh, and, you know, perhaps was a teenager in the 80s. And so, yeah, that's um, that's the type of connection that I'm so glad people post because it's uh, – you know, the type of thing that'll make sense to somebody else, but I would never have been able to make it in the first place. It's awesome. George J on Vocab Unlocked from He says, uh, these are a few of my favorite things from Julie Andrews on Sound of Music. And just another comment on ji here. So you have ji meaning a few. You have shi meaning uh, somewhere between 10 and 19. So it's still an estimation, hence why we use ji. But because we're putting shi, then we know it's somewhere between 10 and 20. And then if we wanted to say between 20 and 30, we would say ar shi ji. And if we wanted to say between 30 and 40, we would say san shi ji. So it's really simple to point out where your estimate is. So, uh, you know, how many people are over there? ren. Uh, and you say, oh, 那儿有四十几个人. So 40-something, around 40, right? Somewhere between 40 and 50. It's usually above, but like, you know, you get the idea. Then we have 几百. So 几百 is a few hundred, um, you know, and then you have 几千, which is a few thousand. At this point, you're kind of making the estimate to some... It's When you get into larger numbers, you tend not to be quite as specific with the estimate even because it's just big enough. It's like, okay, there's a few thousand people there. Um, so nice. George J on vocab unlocked from and he says, those magnificent men in their flying machines movie. So yeah, like, cause Feiji uh, is literally fly machine. And so obviously that means airplane, but if you have a movie that actually talks about flying machines, then, you know, you have a perfect uh, connection there. But you know, it's funny cause Chinese, sometimes the word itself is clear. It's like the the fly machine. It's like, yep, that's clearly an airplane. <laughs> so good stuff. Kim Thomas on Vocab Unlocked from Xin. Xin Wen, 
最新新年 and so Kim says 最新 I chose an image of a concept car right because that's of course going to be the most new 最新 is the newest the most new and、um, you know for this one the other two words you know you have 新闻 which、uh, 新闻 I like that word because it's like that which is most recently been sniffed out which is the news so 新闻 is the news and 闻 means to smell or you know so you can imagine that which is we sniffed out Most recently, and so yeah, it's kind of that's kind of cool there. And then Xinyan, that's the New Year. I mean, there's lots of associations with New Year: party hats,、uh, those、um, in the two in the noughties. Like if it was 2008, everybody had those glasses that had the two eye holes and the two zeros. So had, it's 2004. I'm gonna wear those glasses.、Um, and then you have、uh, the New Year's ball dropping in Times Square. You know, there's all sorts of connections you can make to Xinyan.、Uh, but of course, I like this idea of for 最新 you have a concept car. You can imagine the、uh, Tesla Cybertruck. <laughs> That was a pretty、uh, interesting one there. Kim Thomas on vocab unlocked from Qin. 母亲，父亲 ，and for 母亲 he chose Mother Teresa, and for 父亲 he chose Father Time. So two good connections to mother and father there, and、uh, yeah, excellent stuff. Scott Wishart on vocab unlocked from Swan, 总算 and 打算 Swan song for finally, right? Yeah, it's a great connection. So 总算 means finally, and you know a swan song is somebody sort of. Final,、uh, the the final thing, final act of their their play, their swan song,、uh, their it, whether you know you can imagine it metaphorically as well. So that's a great connection there. Awesome and swan song, zong swan, you know, swan song, swan swan song. You know, it's kind of good little connection there. I like it. Gregory Savage on vocab unlocked from ball, chur ball, and、uh, he. Posts link to a Monty Python meaning of life skit, and he says the meaning of life with the fat man overeating, saying I'm full, then vomiting till his guts spill all over the place. Ah, such treasured memories. <laughs> Maybe you had to be there and 23 to appreciate it. But no, I loved、uh, <laughs> all the Monty Python stuff, and I'm,、uh, you know, so that's a perfect type of connection for Cherbal to be so full that you're, you know, you've eaten and you're just completely full, and you know, obviously that scene will be.、Uh, A perfect type of connection for that. Chris Lewis on vocab unlocked from Dan Danshen and Jian Dan. I can't speak for others, but I love dancing Danshen as a single. Jian Dan, G N. It's so simple. Dan is our man. Yeah, Dan the man. Dan is our man. G N Jian Dan. G N Dan. Right. So it's like kind of that connection to all those different sounds there. Great stuff. Chris is awesome at those. He's really, really good at the、uh, vocab living links. Robert on vocab unlocked from ding, 一定决定 and 不一定 He says, "I like to visualize a game show in progress. When the host reveals the contestant is correct, you hear a ding to confirm that they got it right." Yeah, sure, that's a good one. And also, 确定 which is not a word that unlocks yet. That unlocks when you learn the character 确 But 确定 means to confirm. So like that's even.、Uh, Better for this type of connection as well. Awesome stuff, Robert. Rick Anglin on vocab unlocked from kur kuren and bukuti. He says, "I think kuren also covers what we would refer to in English as a customer at a restaurant or a diner, etc." Yeah, um, it can be. So like, 
but it, you'll still use kua for these. So one way to say a customer is a gu kua. That's um, the guest you look after, the gu kua. Uh, and then there's also kuhu, which means client. So that's kind of more in business settings and not necessarily at a, a diner or something. But still, though, kuren could still work. But just bear in mind the reason it works is because kuren is generally thought of as being a guest in your home. But if you're being a diner, you're like, oh, it's like such a good home environment. It's like we, you know, we it's like our guests here because it's like they're at home. Um, but they're kind of making that connection there. So yes, you could still use it, but it's because of that. It's making a connection to the initial meaning of being a guest in someone's home. Rick Angland on Vocab Unlocked from Lu, Ma Lu, Zou Lu, and Lu Shang. Forrest Gump jogging Pao Bu across the USA, Lu Shang. Right, so that's a good uh, reference to the Forrest Gump scene and also a reference to the previous uh, word from a lesson or two before this, which is... Uh, to run and of course he's you always palpu on the lu shang i mean not necessarily but like a lot of people do <laughs> they'll run on the road curtis castan on vocab unlocked from yo and he says yo ren for those who have seen the movie ferris bueller's day off the boring teacher in the classroom played by ben stein anyone anyone bueller Bueller. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's a great one. So, Yoren is like, this is what you do when you walk into a shop and nobody's at the counter or whatever. You can say, uh, Renna or Yorema, you know, like sort of kind of, is anybody here? And then, of course, you can also ask a group of people, uh, Yoren, Sihuan Jagama, right? You know, so is there anybody who likes this? You know, so that's a quick, quick way of asking, does anyone, or is there anyone, or anyone, anyone, Bueller? So great stuff there from Curtis. That'll wrap up the living links and the questions for this week. Thank you so much for watching as usual. We love all of you. You're the greatest. The Amanda Bloomer podcast is such a joy to do uh, every couple of weeks, and we'll see you next week here with uh, Luke, and have a great week.